Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. You know, in, I, as I was watching the intro, for those of you that are watching or maybe you're just listening, I was reflecting on the number of people that we have brought to you, that we continue to bring to you, that just want to pour into your lives. There were some really amazing people on that intro, like Hal Elrod and Amelia Antonetti. And so if you haven't listened to those episodes, I encourage you to go back and check them out because they were really amazing. We even did two episodes with Amelia Antonetti. But today I have brought you another great expert that I want to introduce you to. So I'd like to welcome Tracy Enos, the founder of Hoopla Media. She's a LinkedIn expert, author, and speaker in welcoming her to our show today. When it comes to your personal or business LinkedIn page, Tracy has more than 10 years of experience using LinkedIn and brings a wealth of knowledge. In 2015, Tracy got into a severe accident and could have lost her business. However, based on her foundation she had created on LinkedIn before the accident, her business was still able to thrive, even while she was recovering. So welcome to the show and thanks for joining us today, Tracy. Hi, Casey, glad to be here. I think this is gonna be some really valuable information, especially for those, I just had a conversation with somebody today about whether or not they needed a LinkedIn. I'm like, if you're in a job search, you 150% need a LinkedIn. But first, before we go there, you mentioned your office dog. What is your office dog's name? Her name is Gemma. Gemma. So I'm a big Sons of Anarchy fan. And okay. that's where she got her name. So uh, Gemma, the lead uh, the lead matriarch in the show, uh, she uh, played the wife in Married with Children. So I oh. love her. I, the, the actress's name escapes me for this minute, but she was the bad B in, uh, in, uh, in the show. So I, I had to have a bad B name for my <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm kind of hoping she makes an appearance. <laughs> she might she might do a video bomb. <laughs> that is okay. That is, you know, one of my earlier podcasts that I did, um, and it's one of the few that we had to stop and start over because the guys, um, my guest dog decided he wanted to sing. And he was just like, ah, all in the background. And it was just... I mean, it was just like, and it was really frustrating my guest. And he was like, I just can't, I just can't. We got to start over. And I'm like, I've never started over before. Okay. <laughs> and it had been so good up until that point, you know, but it worked out. So Tracy, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us today. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your journey to becoming a LinkedIn expert. And, and my second part of that question is, do you know off the top of your head when LinkedIn started? Yeah, December of 2003 in their garage, much like, much like Facebook. So they're a few months older, uh, but they actually started on, they actually got online. I think uh, they just celebrated their 20th birthday this May, just a couple weeks ago. So it's still so. pretty new and you still got into it 
when it was really new, probably when not a lot of people. Well, no, um, I, 2009, October 2009 was my born on date. And they were still actually, you still had to be invited by somebody. So they had to know your email address and then they had to invite you. I would so, forgot about that. Yeah. So you would get like two or three different invitations. So you'd have like two or three different profiles. It was a mess. Now, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that it created a separate profile every time somebody, but I remember somebody inviting me to LinkedIn back in the day and I'm like, this has got to be a spam, you know? And now I live on it. I do too. So, so, so tell me about your journey. So I'm going to be honest with you. I got here quite by accident. So um, I was one of those ones that got laid off the first time in corporate America in 2008. I was a loan officer for National City Bank. And they were one of the banks that didn't get bailed out by the federal government. And so PNC Mortgage came in and scooped them up. And at the time, I worked down in the Branson, Missouri area, if anybody knows that area. And I worked out of my house. And even though my office was up here in Kansas City, and so uh, they laid everybody off. And, you know, if you lived up here in the city, a lot of the, the um, employees that worked in the city got jobs with other banks, local banks like U.S. Bank and whatnot. But I lived in a rural town and nobody was hiring. So it was very difficult and I have real estate roots too. So I was a real estate, um, I was a loan officer and I was also a real estate broker. And so I couldn't find a job. So I moved up here, back up here to Kansas city with the boys. I'm a single mom at the time. Um, and so, um, you know, I worked for a real estate office for a little while until the market improved and she closed up her shop and moved us to another real estate office and tried to double dip commission. I told her she could go fly kite and I left. But being a real estate agent with no book of business up here, even though I had 10 years in the business, um, it was like I was a brand new agent. You know, I didn't know anybody. And so um, I tried to find a job and I dabbled in a few things and I found this job on LinkedIn for a nutrition company out of Carlsbad, California. And what they did is they did demos. You ever been at like a Sam's Club or a Costco on a Saturday? And yes. then they demo like the foods and the things like that. So are you kidding me? That's how I eat lunch. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. So, but we were demoing, demoing a, uh, a drink. It was called Eco Drink. Um, I don't think they're around anymore. You might be able to find some on Amazon, but they're not in the stores anymore. And um, the, it was, uh, you would, you know, demo it. And so what we would do, we would make, you know, uh, base plus, co plus commission. Well, in a matter of two months, I went from being the demo person to being field regional manager for 83 stores in seven states. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so, well, I had that sales background. So I kind of like in a week, I was the lead in my city in Kansas City. So there were seven stores here. So I was going around all the stores. I was demoing as well if we didn't have somebody in a store, but from Thursday through Sunday, I was uh, teaching, training, demoing all the, all the other um, employees around the city. So, and then uh, corporate got word how well I was doing and the, uh, the, uh, the regional manager in Texas actually had Missouri and Arkansas and Kansas. Um, he would come up and he's like, I want her as my assistant. So I became his assistant manager and then they expanded and he couldn't take care of everything. And so corporate says, Hey, we're going to give you these States. Here you go. Seven States, 83 stores. So I did a lot of traveling 
And so what happened was while everybody else in the field was out partying after their day was over, I was calling my kids after doing my reports and then I was getting in online. I was playing in LinkedIn. Look, I found my job there. I was kind of curious how it worked. and I was having fun with it. This was back in the day when you had the question and answers and people were usually really, I don't know. Do you remember that Casey? I don't remember the question and answers. Okay, so people could go in there, like somebody would ask a question about, it could be anything. It could be business, it could be how to use LinkedIn, it could be, you know, what you know, what, what do you name your child? I don't know if anybody asked that, but it was <laughs> kind of like that kind of thing, right? And so people would go in there and they really worked it and started bringing in leads. Of course, they didn't have a business at the time, you know, or a side gig at the time. I was thinking about it because I always like marketing and I'm a self-proclaimed info junkie. So I just consume <laughs> everything, you know, marketing and sales. And so um, I've just had a good time and I really got interested in using it. So like, you know what, I really like this platform. And so I started dabbling. I'm like, you know what, maybe I want to start a marketing agency one day. And so this is what I started doing when I was working for SGN Nutrition. And so while everybody else is getting drunk and coming into work with a hangover at five o'clock in the morning, I wasn't, you know? And so um, a few months later, um, you know, they had partnered with a, a pharmaceutical company, blew through their investment in three months. And the company came and said, you gotta make some real changes or we're pulling out a partnership. Guess what they did? They laid everyone off in the field, except for my former manager. So I lost my second job for this, second time in four years wow. from corporate so but because i was dabbling in linkedin and kind of had a side gig wasn't really getting paid yet but i was giving my friends and some colleagues and, and people that i knew some free advice on setting up facebook pages and um you know getting your google listing and doing you know some of that digital marketing mm -hmm. building a wordpress website that kind of fun stuff um and then my sister um she had terminal brain cancer name is Terry and she has a great story in herself um, how she um, left corporate America as well because she wasn't getting promoted because she didn't have the piece of paper. She started her own freelance graphic arts agency and made multi-millions of dollars. So kiss the advertising agency in San Francisco goodbye. So I trusted her. I said, look, you did it. I need some advice. And she encouraged me to um, pull the trigger and start my own agency. And that's how it started. But it didn't go well. So I did what everybody else does, go to chamber meetings, BNI groups, local networking groups. I drank a lot of wine, didn't get any clients. <laughs> you know how that goes, right? And so um, I met a fella, uh, his name was Bob Lovely. He friended me on LinkedIn, invited me to lunch at Applebee's, drove all the way from Kansas City to my suburb, bought me lunch. We forged a great business relationship. He invited me to one of his local networking groups still drank a lot of wine, but he gave me my very first LinkedIn client, which was a biotech startup here in Kansas City. And I, I made over his profile and I was like, I kind of like this thing, you know? So, and I remember what I charged him, $500. <laughs> so, but that was a lot of money, you know, 11 years ago, you know? So, yeah. So, so it was great. And so I turned, that's when I decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to turn to LinkedIn and see if I can find clients on LinkedIn because apparently I wasn't getting them in my own backyard. Right. And so I'd been dabbling in, in, 
in LinkedIn. So I bought a $97 program from Lewis House called LinkedIn Influencer. And if anybody knows who Lewis House is, is mm-hmm. now, he is the great uh, School of Greatness podcast. Yep. Loved his story. Still connected to him on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, I bought his program and I dived in and I learned some things. And that's I just started getting out there and getting in the trenches and made over my profile and then started, you know, messaging people and building those relationships. And I started getting clients and, you know, eventually those clients turned around and said, Hey, how are you doing this? Can you do it for us? And then the business was born. Well, I think that's amazing. So I really do think that LinkedIn is an art and I, and I know it's kind of like, I can look at a resume and know it's not good, but I can't fix it. You know, and so I have people for that. I have certified resume writers, and it's the same thing with LinkedIn. I can look at look at a LinkedIn because, like I said, I live on it. I'm a recruiter. That's where I go to find candidates and clients. And but I can look at it and go, ooh. And there's some where I just absolutely won't engage because of their LinkedIn. You know, inappropriate picture or you know just titles or no activity, no post or something like that. Because I want to. If if I don't see posts, I don't think they're active on LinkedIn. So I don't bother wasting time with them. So, but before we dive into what we should do, I'm just curious, what have you seen change over the last 10 years? What haven't I seen change? Oh my gosh. Um, I've seen more changes since Microsoft purchased them in uh, 2017. I think it was May of 2017. They purchased them for like $26.2 billion. And that's when the changes started coming because I think LinkedIn got a little stagnant for a while as far as social media platforms went. You know, Facebook was making a lot of changes. Instagram came around. Um, Twitter was, you know, making some changes and LinkedIn was just kind of, there was stuff there, but it, they weren't just as quick with, you know, um, updating features and things like that. And then when Microsoft got involved, a lot of stuff started changing. And um, I actually was a part of those changes. I was involved in a few of their beta features, uh, one namely being the publishing platform, which was in 2014, 2013, 2014. Um, and it, it actually partly when, you know, that traumatic event partly saved my business and com- my career from using the publishing platform. So it's, I'm a big proponent of you know, doing some sort of content. I'm not big in the newsfeed because the algorithm is so difficult right now and they make so many changes and I know why they're doing it. They're trying to capture the younger generation. You know, they're pushing out my generation and capturing, you know, the, you know, the, the Gen X, Gen Z generation, which is their fastest growing demographic anyhow on LinkedIn. And so they're trying to keep, keep up with the Joneses, like the TikTokers and the Instagrams and stuff like that. So, and I'm not mad at it, not mad at it at all. But what I do believe in is that the, the biggest part of LinkedIn, that's still probably your best, you know, lead generation and building relationships and business partners and whatnot is, I call it your back to basics, right? It's your foundation work and getting one-on-one conversations with people. Okay, so what LinkedIn foundation should everyone have, whether it's uh, for business or individual? So it starts with the profile. 99% of your activities on LinkedIn is tied to your profile. I mean, you could go and do a direct message, send them a connection request. Somebody's going to get curious. They're going to go look at it. Casey, you said it. I'm not going to go connect with or talk to somebody if they've got their company logo as their profile photo, right? or you got a beer in your hand, right? Or you're not, you know, you don't see any activity or you've got, 
doesn't look like you took the time to fill out your profile, right? Yes. Um, and, and and I'm the same way. I'm, I'm no different than you are, right? So people get curious to go look at your profile. Maybe you're engaging with other people's content. Maybe you are posting content. Maybe you're publishing articles. Maybe you are work for a company and they require some employee advocacy. And so you're sharing company, you know, um, updates and things like that. And people are engaging on it, whatever you're doing on LinkedIn, people are going to get curious and they're going to come back to your profile because what you see is your photo, mm-hmm. your name, and then a truncated version of your headline. And I'm going to tell you what, I still see probably about 95% of profiles that I come across are garbage. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a job passively or actively or you are in, you know, you've got a side hustle going, or even if you work for a company and you're in sales and marketing, you know, I think you're missing a lot of opportunity and not defining what is it that you're on LinkedIn for? Why are you here? What's your objectives being on LinkedIn, right? And then what are your goals for using LinkedIn? Are we just going to be a lurker and just scroll through the newsfeed and, you know, waste time at the office or while you're standing in the grocery, <laughs> grocery store line? Or, or are we really actually using it to either find a, a new job actively or passively, or we're building a business or we're building a side business because we might be, you know, career transitioning, right? Maybe out of corporate into, you know, the next phase of our life. You got to figure out what that is. And when you figure out what that is, what is the goal? You know, how many people are you going to connect with? How many conversations you want a month? How many meetings do you want a month? Do you want to go viral on, you know, on in the newsfeed? That could take months to years, depending on, you know, what your content is and who it's serving. And once you figure that out, then you build out your profile to reflect that. And people aren't doing that. So I have an acronym on how we build profiles called the HEAT. H is for human, E is for um, expertise, A is for authority, and T is for trust. And that formula actually works for whether you own a business or you are in sales marketing under, you know, a company, working with a company, or you're looking for a new position. So that's how we build out profiles. I like that. I like that a lot. And I know that... um... I think I've probably got a pretty robust profile, but I know that there was a couple of tips and tricks when we first talked that you were like, you could, might could do this a little bit differently and it would probably work. I think because I've been on LinkedIn for so while, so long that I have an established following. So I don't, I think I kind of force gumped my way into that <laughs> with the followings, but, but I talked to a lot of people. But I wanted to ask you something when we talk about the headlines, because I'm really careful about who I connect with on LinkedIn. You know, I used to just be a super connector or connect with everybody, um, but I've gotten to where I'm really kind of picky. And and if I see a headline where I think the next, as soon as I connect, the next email is going to be, I can help you sell, scale your business ten times in a week. You know, if I if I get that feeling from the headline, I'm not going to connect because I just I don't want it in my inbox. I don't want to to waste a second of my time. So, I mean, but I get that people need to talk about what they're doing. So do you see, what's the fine line there, I guess, is what I'm asking. I I think there's different formulas for headlines. So back when I first started, it was all just keyword driven Mm -hmm. because LinkedIn's a search engine after all, right? So I might go LinkedIn marketing, LinkedIn profile makeovers, CEO or founder, best-selling author. That would be my headline. Today, 
I use a little bit more copywriting strategies, but see, I own a business. <clears throat> so I want to have the, who do I work with? Right. So I'm just, you know, defining the who entrepreneurs, business owners, pardon me. <clears throat> and what we do for them, we do profile makeovers and sales navigator training for your business. Right. And I don't have a, you know, I could put in there, I've had very definitive headline that was benefit driven. Like you'll, you know, get found in search engines organically, or I can't remember all my headlines. I change them up every once in a while, but I still see that people are now coming back to the, the keyword focus headlines, which is fine. Um, but what I tell people is, um, make sure it, and it, the formula could be different for a business owner trying to get clients than it would be for somebody who's trying to attract their new employer. Right. So mm -hmm. I think, for example, if we're going to attract a new employer, think of the employer as a prospect or a potential client. Right. The formula is the same, but you want to stand out above the other um, right. applicants for that position. Correct. So how are you going to benefit the employer? And so if you ever look at my about summary, um, you'll see in there that the first line is, does your, does your profile sing like a Toby Keith song? I want to talk about me, 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 me. So if anybody <laughs> knows and likes Toby Keith, I love that song. It's hilarious, but it's right. Don't always talk about you. Yes. The, the, there's a H for the human side. There's certain sections and yes, the, the potential employer wants to get to know you, right? Because I want to feel like they like you. Um, and that, you know, you might be a good asset to the company, right? But talk about them. What can you do for them? How are you going to benefit them and their company with the skills that you have? And I think that's people still aren't doing that. They're not looking at looking at it from that perspective. So in, I had this conversation just today. I was at a big networking event this morning and I asked um, the person, I was like, where do I find you on social? She's like, Instagram and Facebook. And I'm like, Ugh, those are my two least favorite. Are you on LinkedIn? And she's like, I don't get LinkedIn. And so I know that there's some uh, expertises and areas where it, those people may not be as likely to be on LinkedIn. Think about like maybe teachers. I don't know that teachers spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, but what do you think might happen if those people that um, underutilize LinkedIn, what do you think would happen if they started using it more? Oh, well, there's a lot of them that are on LinkedIn or really underutilizing LinkedIn. Trust me, I find them. So um, look, um, you know, there's 900 million people on LinkedIn worldwide now. And that's a big number. That's a big right? number. Um, but, but I do, I, I'm connected to a few teachers. But like, for example, I have a teacher here in the um, Kansas side of the Kansas City metro area. And she started um, getting really involved in genealogy mm -hmm. and she couldn't continue to still teach. But what she wanted to do was bring genealogy to the classroom in her district. And she wanted to get on LinkedIn and figure out how to get um, genealogy clients. And when I was, she was a coaching client, we did, redid her profile. And I said, through our discussions, I said, here, um, this is what you need to do. You need to go and get some teacher clients with kids in your district and create raving fans so that when you go to the superintendent and say, I want to bring this as an elective to, you know, the high school students, you have already some clients that could rave about, you know, this class that you have. Right. And she never thought of it like that. She was just going to go for people on LinkedIn and well, she could have done that as well. 
but um, she really decided that she needed to go more local. Now she could go local and find them on Facebook, right? But she could also go um, and find, you know, local on LinkedIn. And then maybe she developed a program locally and then she could start reaching out regionally. And then she would, you know, use LinkedIn possibly to find teachers for that. Teachers are on LinkedIn, definitely are. Yeah. You know, so. And, and I guess I just don't see them use it to the extent, and, and like, like I said, my job's, I'm not gonna say it's unique, but you know, being in a recruiter, you know, I lived on LinkedIn. When I first started recruiting, we only had recruiter and we were limited to our first connections. Remember that? Right. First, or first, second, and thirds. So when we got LinkedIn recruiter, oh, game changer. It was an absolute game changer, you know, because now you didn't have to. And, and so when you're first starting out as a recruiter back then, you were trying to connect with as many people as possible so you could get those second and third connections so you could widen your network right. um, so that you could search for people. But everything changed when the recruiter came out. And I mean, it's just it's very difficult to hide from a recruiter in recruiter. We can find you. <laughs> I know I had a recruiter client and, you know, when we, when we work with people and make over their profiles, we are actually in their profile making live edits and changes. So I got to go and play with his recruiter. So it was a lot of fun. Was, I have sales navigator, which is more on, you know, that's one of their other, other products. Like people right. like me that are recruiters use. Right. Um, and I can still reach out to third plus people outside my network, but not like recruiter. Yeah, recruiter is very powerful, very powerful. <laughs> so, okay, so since we work with job seekers, I wanted to ask you, what is the first thing that a job seeker who's just recently been laid off, what is the first thing they should do with their LinkedIn? Well, first decide what do they want to do, right? Yes. You know, what kind of position are they searching for, right? And then again, we're going to figure out what is our objective for getting on LinkedIn right? What is our goal? Are we going to go use LinkedIn job posts and search for jobs and apply to jobs? A lot of jobs in there actually require your LinkedIn profile, some along with a, a resume and a CV, but a lot of times some of them only require your LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. Go in there and you've got to really fill that out. There's, there's a lot of sections in there. So there's the E. So we have the H for the human. So the human side is a little bit about you. They, they want to get to know about you, right? But there's other sections in there that actually create the more human, the likability and the trust. And those sections are organizations that you belong to or support, per, uh, projects that you've worked on or worked on collectively with others. Um, you have publications, they could be your publications, your articles, or one that was written about you or the, the company that you were with, right? Um, you've got volunteer work, honors and awards, license and certifications, fill those out. Your education um, activities that you have, fill those out. It's really important for somebody to get to know you when all they're seeing is all these other applicants as well, mm -hmm. and they're just seeing black and white. So it's a perception that they know, like, and trust you, right? So then you have the E, which is your expertise. What are you good at? Don't just list the skills that you did at your previous positions or your work history, right? Go out and share in like the work experience. What were the successes? What were the things that you did in that company that benefited that company? You know, maybe it's you add an additional 20 million ROI to their bottom line when you were sales director, right? So be specific, you know, get in there because they wanna know, wow, you know, they could really help our company, you know, grow, you know, our revenue. 
They want to know these kinds of things. So get really specific in your work history. Don't just list, you know, your skills. Um, um, and also the skills that you have um, in, in LinkedIn, for example, let's say that, um, and I use this more for business, but it might be applicable to looking for a position. You get up to 50 skills to list. And if you're looking for a position that doesn't require you to know and be an expert at, let's say, Microsoft Office solutions, like you don't need to be a PowerPoint, you know, guru or anything like that, um, but you are really skilled at other things. Remember keywords here. You got to brainstorm keywords. What are the skills that these companies are looking for that you have? Add those to your skills. If they don't require you to be a Microsoft hero and you need those extra skills to put into your um, into your skill section, although you you know you do have fifty, right? Um, but we have a very different strategy in how we add skills and how um, we think like the prospect or the employer. What might they be typing into LinkedIn to find somebody like you, right? So we brainstorm those keywords, and that's what we add throughout the profile and in the skill section. Don't add if it add it if it doesn't make sense to you know what the employer is possibly looking for. <clears throat> and in your about section, really get in there. Tell your story. How did you get to where you are today? Um, you don't have to go, uh, I just got laid off and, I, and then, you know, put that little thing on your profile and says, I'm open to work. That kind of, to me, screams desperate. You can go in there and say in the newsfeed that you're looking for a position or go into the job ads or look for somebody like Casey <laughs> that does this too and find a recruiter to help you look for a position. But your about summary should be a little bit about you, right? How did you get to where you are today? What's your backstory? What's your background? What's your expertise, right? And now build on that with the A in the heat with authority, right? Now tell me, who, you know, what can you bring to the table to the potential employer, right? Here are the things that I can do for your company, A, B, C, D, right? And, you know, these are some of the outcomes that and results that I can help you guys with, you know, so really spell those out. And you get 2,600 characters to say this, which is pretty cool. Just keep in mind, don't do big, chunky um, paragraphs, really hard to read even on a desktop or a laptop, even worse to read on a mobile phone, right? So two to three sentences, you know, per paragraph. Uh, use some some um, some color in there. Right now, you can't go in and add like, um, you know, emoticons or emojis or bold. You have to use, you know, little tools to go in and do that. I always draft everything, copy and paste. Yep. I don't write it in LinkedIn. It's very difficult to do that. And then if you have like any media, like anything that you can highlight, put that in your featured section. Maybe you wrote an article, highlight the article. Maybe you have a post um, about some big case study or success that you had and you know people liked it that in the news, so you can actually hide that, highlight that in your featured section. You can send people to PDFs, you can send them to PowerPoints, links, all sorts of cool stuff. Highlight some of your work in, in the featured section. And of course the headline, um, something benefit driven, you know, working with such and such industry, helping them achieve, um, you know, 20% ROI year over year as a sales director. I don't know, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> that's a little bit more you I think that's but, really, I'm glad you brought up the open to work banner because I I appreciate that as a recruiter because when when they notify that they are open to work 
in recruiter, we see the additional options of what they're looking for, like location, title, um, if they're even willing to work remote or on site, you know. So I actually appreciate that as a recruiter. Um, I can see what you're saying about how it can make you look a little desperate, but it sure does make my life easier. <laughs> Well, okay, I will step back. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe don't put that on your picture until your profile is fully complete. Take <laughs> the time and making it over and making it look fantastic. Then, you know, help a girl out, Casey, over here. <laughs> then, <laughs> help me help you. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So what piece of advice would you give someone who is just starting to use LinkedIn and or even updating their profile? What's basic piece of advice? Well, I just mentioned it, just get started. Look, fail forward fast. It's not gonna be perfect and that's okay. Um, you know what, I hear this all the time. I don't know how to write about myself. Yeah, even us marketers have a difficult time edifying ourselves too. So I see a, a great idea is get somebody to interview you, right? and then transcribe it and take those pieces. And then now you can kind of create like your about summary and your headlines and your brainstorming keywords and things like that. So um, I like if you're brainstorming keywords, um, go in and look at some other people's profiles. Um, if they happen to be potential competitors, you can go in your privacy settings and shut off your profile to be anonymous. Yes. <laughs> and then go look, for, you know, look at other people's stuff. Go look at their keywords. Go look at their about summary. Go look at their work history and experience and compare yours with theirs, right? And so, and then make sure that you turn it back on <laughs> if you're actually going and looking at potential employers and stuff, because then they get notified that you viewed their profile. Exactly. So, trust me, I've done that more than once. I've shut it off to do competitor research and forgot to turn it back on. I'm like, why aren't people responding to me? You know? <laughs> why don't they know I'm still, stalking? I you know, it's so <laughs> it's so funny because I always go and look to see who's viewed my profiles because I want to see if this could be a potential candidate or a potential client. And there was one client of mine that every time he would look at my profile, I'd pick up the phone and call him, and he would call it the Casey Bat signal looking at my profile to generate a call. <laughs> uh, there's one more tip. LinkedIn is starting to punish free members. So for example, I just found out um, last week that if you have a free account, the people who's viewed your profile is no longer visible to you. You used to be able to see five people a day. Now it's no longer visible. They want you to be premium. And I don't know what premium means. So that could be the job seeker premium, business premium, and sales navigator. So I know business premium and sales navigator allows you to see everybody who's checked out your profile for the last 90 days. Yes. Um, job seeker, not really familiar with that since that's not typically who I work with. Um, I'm assuming they'll probably allow you since it's a paid you know, subscription in LinkedIn. But I do recommend that you go paid because even if you don't, you know, use a recruiter like Casey and you're going and doing the job search on your own, you get um, additional features in the job seeker. Um, it, you get, you know, notified over other applicants who are not, you know, premium. And it allows you to see how you stand up to the other applicants for the position as well. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's a big deal because, you know, I post jobs on LinkedIn all the time and, you know, I can get anywhere from three to 500 applications when I post a job, which is 
almost not worth posting. <laughs> I'd rather just go source because it's just a lot. And But a lot of it hinges on your LinkedIn profile. And one other thing I wanted to bring up real quick before I ask you about your book, one thing that is a real problem is if your LinkedIn doesn't match your resume. Ah, see, I could see that as a recruiter, right? Yes. That would make sense. And and that would probably knock you out of opportunity. It absolutely raises red flags. And so I don't want you explaining why you didn't list that job that you had on your resume. But in, in historically, and this is just another little trick for those job seekers that are out there that are playing with the resumes and not being honest, if you've ever sent your resume to a recruiter, it's on file. We compare. Good to know. Yeah. Um, I'm unemployable, but it's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your book really quickly, and then we got to move on to the VIP questions. Sure. So the book behind me, uh, LinkedIn's Publishing the Profits, is out of date. LinkedIn made that many changes. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> um, it was all about the publishing platform, but the whole first chapter is all about your profile, profile optimization. And it was geared more for entrepreneurs, but it would be applicable to anybody as we have discussed in there. So there's still some really great nuggets in there. I am rewriting it, doing version 2.0, um, um, because a lot of this, the, uh, the strategies in there don't work anymore or they're not even a feature. So... LinkedIn has made some really great updates. For example, there's no Pulse platform anymore. It's not just a news, uh, an article. It's now you create a newsletter. Now you can still do an article, but I would prefer a newsletter because you get subscribers, right? And you can do that on company pages as well as your personal profile. That's me. So I've got to update it. Like I told you, a lot of changes, but it was number one for a year and a half on Amazon. Wow. Three categories. And so, yes, and that book has been responsible for a lot of new business for me. A lot of podcast interviews, a lot of speaking engagements, a lot of new clients. So um, I need to go write another one. So <laughs> I tell you, because it, it works well. A book is the best business card. It really is. It is. It really so. is. Um, and by the way, just to let you all know, when I said have somebody interview you, that's how I started the book. I had somebody, I, I did the outline and I created the questions and they interviewed me because it was a lot easier to sit and write. Hmm. Um, but then I scrapped it because LinkedIn got rid of the Pulse platform. So I had to rewrite the book, but I'd already had the foundation of the interview. So I used a lot of it. And then I spent 32 days, four hours a night on the couch writing. And then I had an editor, which was great. You know, so that is crazy. Uh, that was before Grammarly. <laughs> we didn't have Grammarly back then. <laughs> I love Grammarly. I love Grammarly. <laughs> All right, let's get to our VIP questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. If you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Well, I'm going to bring three people, but I have to stuff something in my pocket. <laughs> you would be the so. first. <laughs> The three people would be my best friend, my sister from another mister, been 25 years as friends, met here in Kansas City, we were across the hall from each other. Uh, my Rottweiler and her cat, there was like a space between the doors and her cat would stick his paw out and play. How Casey and Kira, Casey was the cat, Kira was the dog. And if it wasn't for Casey and Kira, we probably had never been friends. So there's that. And then my two youngest sons, Asher and Keenan, they are my rider dice. So, but the thing in my pocket is my tweezers. Um, I was born with a unibrow. And so <laughs> I'm obsessed with my eyebrows because I don't have twins. I have sisters. So it takes a lot. So that I'm sneaking the tweezers. 
sneak in the tweezers. That is hilarious. I love, I love your transparency about that too. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm all right about it. In fact, my best friend, whenever she can get a dig in, I remember she was here just a couple years ago and we were backing out of the driveway and she goes, Trace, your eyebrows are messed up. I'm like, what? I flipped out, literally flipped out. I gotta go back in and fix it because I'm just kidding. It's not funny. Not funny. Don't don't tease about the eyebrows. <laughs> All right. What's one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? You mentioned Hal Elrod. Um, and as a matter of fact, I contributed to a book that Hal did the uh, intro to um, with Rob Actis and it was the law of action. And I did a, a chapter in there. Um, but he introduced me to Hal Elrod and I love his story. So I have the morning miracle stuff back here. I've adapted it a little bit for me. So the first thing that I do in the morning is I got to focus with my coffee and then I read. So coffee and read. That's the first thing I do in the morning, every morning. I love that. I love that. I just got a new book today, by the way, that I won. At, at the networking event that I was at, but it's a book that has been mentioned to me like four times recently. Have you heard of the book Three Feet from Gold? No, I haven't. I'm gonna write that down. Check it out. I'm not kidding you, like four different people have recommended it to me and then I won it today at the networking event. I'm like, this is the universe saying, oh. read this book, you know? Awesome, <laughs> okay. I'll go grab it. My final question. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Well, my life's work's not done yet. Mm. So, but um, we could do like a, a pre-life's work and that would be how she rocked her scars. So um, I have a, a story of being in um, a, a foster care orphanage, knew my parents for like five years, big long story that happened. In fact, I just found um, my biological uncle on my, um, maternal side um, through ancestry, believe it or not. So uh, right during the pandemic too. <clears throat> anyway, so um, I'm not done yet. So, um, and then, you know, the event that happened in 2015 that you just, you know, um, said in the first was my third degree burns. And it hadn't been for LinkedIn and the foundation that I'd built on there I would have lost, you know, my business. And so Rock My Scars is the title of the book that I'll be writing. So that will be how she rocked her scars. I love it. How do people find you if they if they need some help with their LinkedIn or maybe they just want to reach out and offer some support? Sure, LinkedIn, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right? Of course. So, uh, find me, it's uh, Tracy Enos, that's spelled E-N-O-S, and I'm the girl with the purple in the background. So I was the first Tracy Enos on LinkedIn, by the way. Um, and the first one with picture, I think I'm still the only one with picture on there, but, um, I have a giveaway for your audience if they would like it. It's free. Oh, wow. Yes. I do. I do. So we talked about the book, but sitting behind me, uh, LinkedIn publishing the profits. You guys don't have to buy it. I'm going to give it away to you for free as long as well as the 31 point profile checklist, the ultimate profile checklist. So amazing. Um, Yep, and it and it goes along with our training program, but it's pretty comprehensive with lots of hints and things <clears throat> that you should do in there. It's geared more for the business and entrepreneurs, but like we discussed today, if you could kind of flip it and pretend like the employer is the prospect or the client, potential client, 
then it makes sense to you. But all you have to do is go to the ultimateprofilechecklist.com, put in your name and email, and you'll get it. That is amazing. Thank you so much. That is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for being here today. This has been so educational, and I know it's going to help a lot of people out there. And I just have one last thing to say to you, Tracy. What's that, Casey? You are a VIP. Oh, thank you very much. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.